1: A few years ago, I was traveling in northern India with my girlfriend at the time. Being young and stupid, we decided to hike up a nearby mountain without really doing any research on the area or how long it would take. It was an amazing hike. We met locals along the way, who gave us chai tea, climbed up through thick misty cloud forest, and were even joined by a friendly stray dog who traveled with us until we reached the top, which was like a kind of grassy plateau. There were a few other tourists spaced out in tents, some other cute stray dogs, classic India, and a local guy who was serving food. Now, thank f for this local guy, because we didn't have a tent and it was dark, we foolishly thought we could hike back in the same day. Anyway, we borrow this guy's spare tent, it was a one person tent, so super tight for two, and make camp 30 meters away from everyone to have privacy. We were asleep for maybe an hour, then suddenly awoke to this really low, deep, growl, right at my face. It was a stray dog outside the tent. Then more growls, at our feet. We were surrounded by these strays that only hours before we were playing with happily. Every single noise or slight movement we made in this tiny tent would be met with deafening barking, more growling, and you could see faint shadows through the fabric. Some of the dogs were even leaning against the tent, testing it. I punched a few through the fabric to scare them, but nothing worked. We ended up not saying a word, my girlfriend was crying silently, holding our breath for fear of provoking them, and staying perfectly still the whole night. It was terrifying, we knew we would be killed by them. When the sun came up, we couldn't hear anything. After listening for ages, I manned up and took a peek outside the tent no dogs to be seen. I crawled out on my hands and knees and suddenly, a dog came running up to my face and started licking me. It was friendly as it was yesterday. I walked up to the local guy who gave us the tent to tell him what a mess night we had and these dogs are crazy. He goes, and I'll never forget his face, oh, they were protecting you. There are snow leopards and sloth bears up here that have been known to kill locals every now and then. I went back to the tent and sure enough, there amongst the dog paw prints were what looked like something much bigger. By far the most scared I've ever been in my life. When I was around 14 or 15, I went with my cousin and brother to go check out some land my cousin's friend's family bought to fish on. The land was a good few acres and located right next to there, very large, suburban neighborhood in Georgia. All you had to do was pull onto a curb in the neighborhood and take a small dirt path across a lake and after a small turn, the path ran about a mile in a straight line down the middle of the property to a larger lake. When we went, we took a golf cart since nobody wanted to walk and pulled onto the property. After taking the small left turn onto the main path, we all just froze. Walking towards us, at the opposite end of the path, There was a man with a jacket and ski mask on. We all saw him. He wasn't holding anything, he wasn't running, and he wasn't speaking. We stopped the golf cart, but we couldn't turn around on the path since it was so thin and there was foliage to both sides of us. The person was still at least half a mile down the path, just walking, but we were all still terrified. Also it didn't help that the oldest in our group was 16 and the driver was 12. Despite being young, however, my cousin put the golf cart into reverse, which makes the loudest high-pitch whine ever, and reversed the entire quarter-mile pedal to the metal, which is still pathetically slow in an electric golf cart. When we told his parents, all of the adults came out with us and looked all over, as well as set up two plot watchers they had to see if they spotted anything. There was nothing on the cameras and they have still never seen anyone in those woods since then despite hunting there all the time. I am in Moorhead, Kentucky and have been experiencing unexplainable things while I've been hiking around Eagle Lake or near Cave Run. I'm not a superstitious person and am very rational when it comes to the animals in our region. It will sound as if something is approaching, coming much closer than any animal should, and when noticed, I react, stomp my feet, etc, it stops. An unrelenting dread and overwhelming anxiety falls over me, I cannot shake it, and I know I have to leave at that point. Each time, as I've started to leave, whatever it is has charged quickly, coming much closer and essentially chasing me from where I've been. I refused to return to Eagle Lake after I experienced it the first time and chose to go to a pretty popular area near Cave Run. The same exact thing has happened more than once. I have not been able to shake the feeling. I have definitely been the only one in the area on both occasions and there have been no animals near, definitely not ones large enough to make the sounds I've heard. My girlfriend has been with me on each occasion and has heard and felt the same as me. If anyone has seen, felt, heard anything, please, let me know. Edited to add, I'm not trying to claim EKY has a new cryptid or that a ghost is following us or anything. I wish I could believe it has somehow been the exact same creature exhibiting the same behavior four plus times in different areas, but it has become hard to do so. My girlfriend and I both agree that it so clearly felt like something has wanted us gone. We've gone out so many times and have never experienced anything like this before or held any anxiety about going out. I carry, I'm not afraid of wild animals in our area. I realized I sound crazy, but I really am just wanting some shared experiences. Thank you all. A few days ago, I met with one of my friends from school at a local cafe and this is when I was doing my shift. He had ordered a latte when I had recognized him. He had also recognized me when he looked right at me. We chatted pleasantries while I made coffee to know that he was now a park ranger. I was interested and asked him to tell me more about his job after my shift. After my shift had ended, I walked over to his table while he was reading a book. He began telling me about how he first loved his job but recently had been having some strange supernatural occurrences that creeped him out. He was even considering resigning. I asked him what he saw, and he told me about some things that he had seen that were very concerning. One day near dusk, he was patrolling the park along with three of the rangers. They walked and patrolled the stream that flows in the park so they don't get lost. When it was completely dark, They turned back towards the cabins of the park rangers. As they were walking, they saw a big creature just a few feet away from them. It was almost eight feet tall with thick hands and feet. It nearly matched the description of a Bigfoot, except it had the head of a lion. My friend and his co-workers got so scared they began running towards the cabin, blindly shooting behind them. The creature was so thick and heavy that it could not run as fast as them, struggling to keep up. Soon, they started to see bright lights shining outside the cabin every night as it came closer. When they reached the cabin door and looked back, there was no creature in sight, especially not the Bigfoot-looking lion. They told the whole occurrence to the rest of the rangers. They did not believe them at first, but one of the rangers said he believed them since he also saw something unnatural a few days back. Only he didn't dare to share. He thought it was just his imagination. On asking him what he saw, he told them he saw a small creature almost one foot tall with thin stick-like arms and legs. Totally opposite to what my friend and the other rangers had seen that patrolled around with him. I was shocked to hear these types of creatures existed and advised him to resign and get a job that's away from the supernatural. He said that no job is away from the supernatural as they could always shapeshift or choose to be invisible if they wish. So even my job of serving coffee, I could have an encounter with anything unnatural. In 2013, I, Officer Torg, managed to secure an actual live DNA sample from a livestock kill while investigating the supposed Lizardman case out in Bishopville, South Carolina. It was 8:1 am when I responded to several calls reporting a large unknown predator supposedly killing livestock. Upon arriving and following standard protocol for such a call, I quickly realized the severity of the situation. I established a perimeter around the kill site to keep onlookers away. At 8.20am, I obtained saliva from an unknown source on one of the cattle. I reported that it was not possible to tell if it was human or animal. By 9.30am, all the evidence had been gathered and moved to the evidence room, awaiting analysis. I was told that I would have the DNA results in approximately three weeks. As always, I strongly urged anybody with information regarding this incident to please report to their local authorities immediately, so these investigations could be taken care of under proper jurisdiction. Additionally, two young men reportedly saw what they described as a lizard man along a very rural road in eastern South Carolina on Sunday night. According to reports, These two 19-year-old men were driving along a stretch of highway near Bishopville when they came across something in the road. They turned around and saw what they described as a seven foot tall lizard man and quickly drove off. When asked for further comment, they both insisted that this was no man in a costume, but a real-life lizard man. They believed it must have been the same one seen back in the 80s by the young man who had his own sighting in Skateboard Swamp in 1984. Before I get started I would like to make a disclaimer that this will be a lengthy post so forgive me for any grammatical errors or run-ons. Also, I am retelling each story as well as it was told to me. I will not be changing any descriptions, that are compared to movies, as to be appease any skeptics who don't believe these accounts solely because the eyewitness makes a film comparison. Furthermore. All three of these incidents were told to me over the years from three very different people who have no connection to each other. I never shared the other stories I heard about this family to the person sharing their own account as to not influence their own memory or story. I just let them confide in me their own experience with this family. First story, I went to high school with a well-known, successful powwow dancer competitor and this was his story. He began dating this girl from a large family prominent in the powwow competition world. The parents of the large family were not employed and the father performed odd jobs around the community. Their main source of income was the monetary prizes and winnings from competing in powwows. Having a large family with no stable income resulted in them being low on the socio-economic ladder. Being from a small rural res town there isn't much to do for date night. So it is very common to drive around on old dirt roads and park and stargaze. One night he picks up the youngest daughter to spend time together. However, that night they opt to stay parked in his car on her family's property. Most Navajo families have their homes in small circular networks such as a cul-de-sac minus the paved roundabout. There is a derelict traditional mud roof Hogan on the property. The roof was caved in but the framing for the doorway was still intact. Oddly enough there was still a raggedly old Navajo blanket draped over the doorway lightly flapping in the wind. He says all of sudden the dogs started howling and barking. They both stopped talking and stared at the dogs. Something had the dogs' attention. The dogs target their alarmed barking at the doorway of the old Hogan. He feels uneasy but tries to hide it. She is still smiling and unfazed by all the commotion. The blanket stops flapping in the wind and falls flat. It's eerily silent except for the howling of the dogs. Suddenly, something rips through the doorway of the old Hogan. As this figure exits the Hogan the dogs began to chase it. He told me it was a f-king werewolf. He said it looked exactly how the Lycans looked in Underworld the movie except not muscular. Like a sickly, emaciated werewolf. He said it takes about three long strides before jumping incredibly high straight into the trees. The dogs continue to chase it and cry off into the distance. He is in complete shock. He realizes that his girl's reaction did not match his. She seemed familiar or unafraid. In the moments following he said she seemed to, for lack of a better word, tried to gaslight him. She began to tease him in an unfunny way and emasculate him by insinuating he was afraid. She said things like oh you're afraid of skinwalkers long story short they eventually ended their relationship. It was a very ugly split. He said her family was nasty etc. He said he should have listened to all the other powwow community members when they warned him that, that family was bad and they dealt in bad medicine. Second story, The older siblings of that family all shared residence in Phoenix. It is very common for people from the res to move to the valley after high school. The older siblings weren't any different. This story was told to me by another young Navajo man. Just like the first he didn't believe in traditional values, he believed that SW, spiritual healing, medicine men etc. were all myth. At the time he was dating the second youngest daughter, He expressed that her older brothers didn't like him and on many occasions tried to physically fight him. The SW family members were known partiers and on many occasions would throw res parties, parties in the city with all or most attendees being from the res. The older brothers despised him, however, he recalled that they would call a ceasefire so to speak during house parties. He said they would even be so kind as to even make him mix drinks or bring him beers. He didn't think anything of it. As nice as the brothers appeared he still wasn't allowed to spend the night with his girlfriend under their roof. So after the house parties would dwindle down and end he found himself behind the wheel of his car driving back to his own apartment. He would never remember getting into his vehicle, driving home, or getting pulled over. He believed he was just blacking out from the alcohol. I know it is very dangerous to get behind the wheel and drink and drive. Mind you this is his story and I'm only repeating what he said and I am not condoning any of it. Him and his girlfriend loved each other so he always returned to spend time with her. Fast forward to the next 4 house parties and the same thing kept happening. He would spend the night in jail and rack up another DUI pretty soon he had 4-6 to DUIs. He did time and paid the fines. He lost his job and his lifestyle. His mother who was a very traditional Navajo woman and single mother begged him to come home back to the rez and get his life sorted. Without any other prospects he decided to come back to the rez. Upon returning home his mother drove him to see a medicine woman. Feeling hopeless and lost he thought what could it hurt, right? If he didn't believe in it or it didn't exist what is the harm? Nothing lost, nothing gained mentality. At least it would satisfy his mother's anxiety. He was shocked that by looking into the fire the medicine woman told him in detail everything. He had never met this medicine woman before or up until this point had never been to a ceremony. She told him that she saw him drinking and partying with SW. She told him that the alcoholic drinks they were offering him were laced with corpse powder. She saw their hatred for him. Their bad medicine was meant to be fatal. They were trying to kill him she said had those cops never pulled him over each time he would have continued on his way to his death at the point of returning home him and that girl had broken up due to his trouble with the law and troubles with drinking third story this story was told to me by a gay navajo man who had a long-standing strictly platonic friendship with one of the brothers they had gone to high school together and had remained friends in life This happened at one of the aforementioned notorious res parties the SW family members used to host. The other brothers got upset and visibly angry that there was a gay man at their party. They wanted him to leave or else there would be trouble. The gay man told his friend that he would gladly leave to avoid any drama. However, he pleaded with him to stay and enjoy the festivities. The gay man was told to wait in the friend's room while the friend sorted everything out and calmed down his brothers. About 30 to 45 minutes passes. He decides it isn't worth the trouble and he is just going to leave. He walks down the back stairwell that directly leads to the garage. As he slowly and quietly descends he begins to hear the brothers arguing. He stands silent and begins to listen. He can hear the familiar voice of his friend pleading with his brothers. He repeatedly hears his friend command his brothers not to fight him or put anything on him. On the res any form of the phrase put anything on him someone roughly translates to when someone witches another person. If someone witches another person they put bad medicine on them. So the term put anything on him can only mean putting bad medicine or cursing. It's just common sense knowledge on the res. If you are not from the Rez you may have many ways to interpret that phrase but there is only one meaning on the Rez. He is shocked about what he hears and slowly backtracks up the stairs and finds another way out of the house. He leaves and never goes to another party there. It is said among the members of the small town that the Powwow family are SW who curse their rivals in order to win powwow competitions. If you are from the Rez I am sure you might have heard of this family or have even heard stories yourself. The Appalachian Trail stretches before me, a winding path that weaves through the breathtaking beauty of the dense woods. Towering trees stand tall, their branches reaching towards the sky, as if inviting me to explore their secrets. It's my first day as a park ranger and the excitement bubbles within me like a rushing stream. My name is Ron, a nature enthusiast with a love for the wilderness, camping, and cats. As I embark on my journey along this renowned trail, I can't help but feel a mixture of awe and trepidation. Rumors of strange occurrences that have taken place here whisper through the air, adding an air of mystery to my new role. Eager to acquaint myself with the surroundings, I delve deeper into the trail, my senses heightened, absorbing every sound and shadow that dances around me. The forest comes alive with strange apparitions, fleeting glimpses of figures that seem to vanish as quickly as they appear. Eerie sounds echo through the trees, causing my heart to skip a beat. As I continue my patrol, my ears catch a distant sound that piques my curiosity. Intrigued, I follow the trail towards the source, my steps cautious but filled with a mix of fear and anticipation. The air grows heavy, and a chill runs down my spine as I come face to face with a creature beyond my wildest imagination. Before me stands a dogman, a beast with the body of a bipedal wolf and a face that resembles that of a human. Its eyes meet mine, a gaze filled with primal intelligence and hunger. I fumble for my mobile, desperate to capture evidence of this unearthly encounter, but my hands tremble, and the phone slips from my grasp, crashing to the ground. The dogman, alerted by the sound, charges towards me with a fury I could not have fathomed. Instinct kicks in, and I draw upon my training, grappling with the beast in a desperate struggle for survival. Adrenaline surges through my veins as I manage to grab hold of a knife, slashing at the creature's throat. It collapses to the ground, lifeless. Breathing heavily, disbelief courses through my veins as I stare at the fallen dogman. This extraordinary creature, the stuff of legends, now lies motionless at my feet. Fumbling to retrieve my broken phone, I attempt to capture proof of this extraordinary encounter, only to find it useless, shattered beyond repair. Doubt gnaws at the edges of my mind as I return to the trail, my footsteps heavy with the weight of what I've witnessed. Determined to seek assistance and share my unbelievable tale, I make my way back to the park ranger station to inform my senior colleague. Together, we return to the spot where the dog man had fallen, only to find an empty clearing. My first time hunting in a deer stand by myself as opposed to hunting with my father. I was 14 at the time and very excited to be trusted to hunt alone. Well, being the stupid 14 year old I was, I forgot to bring a flashlight and had to walk about one quarter mile down a trail to the main trail where I would get picked up. So there I am walking down this dark trail in the middle of the woods alone. I am not scared of the dark, but naturally it is very quiet and any normal human would be a touch jumpy. Well what I didn't know at the time was that turkeys sleep in the top of trees. I just assumed they spent their whole life on the ground and only flew when absolutely necessary. So imagine my surprise when I walked directly underneath one and feet over my head a full grown turkey takes off full speed through the top of the tree yelping. I physically jumped in the air and absolutely froze with fear. My 14-year-old brain could not find the directory with turkey listed as a possible outcome so for 10 seconds I was completely frozen in fear trying to figure out what I just heard. Needless to say when I told the story to my dad later he got the biggest laugh out of it and explained to my city boy self that turkeys sleep in treetops. TRUE STORY I used to stay at my grandparents' house a lot when I was younger. They wanted to help out and such. They owned a 40 to 50 acre farm with their house about a quarter mile into the woods. It was summer and we all were going to bed. I always have had trouble falling asleep and was the only one awake and was returning from the bathroom to join my cousin on the top bunk with me in the bottom. The bedroom had one window facing a light post my grandparents had installed. I was just covering myself up when I saw something cast a shadow against the window curtain. Once. Then twice it was fast but I could tell there was something moving outside. I crawl out of the bed hugging the floor already scared. I was about a foot from the closed curtain with my eye just above the window seal. I stared out and nothing happened for a few seconds. Then I saw a figure cast a shadow onto the curtain it looked like a big dog head long snout tail pointed ears. It stopped perfectly center of the window frame The slowly turned its head to face me. I froze, but it then raised up a few inch to show its shoulders. I can only describe it as a wolf head on a human body. The it turned away and moved on. People said I was young it was only a nightmare. It wasn't I remember it too vividly. I forgot to mention that this window was about five feet up from the ground. It was my mother's old room as a child and when I asked her if she ever saw anything. She paused for several seconds began to speak shook her head and stuttered out a no. She knew the folklore and refused to speak and we dropped it, but I knew why she responded that way. Never mention them aloud. I can't explain this. I'm still scared to be alone at night there. Even typing this gave me goosebumps. My aunt and uncle were pretty rich. My uncle's family owned Kearns, and he designed airplanes for Boeing as a career. My aunt won the lottery. So between the two of them, they were loaded. They bought a large plot of land in Southern California that I would describe as 30% desert, 60% forest, 10% mountains. It was ridiculously hot and dry, but not so hot and dry that plants and trees couldn't grow my cousin and I never had a shortage of places to explore. When we were kids, they were the only house for miles in any direction, so we had plenty too of woods to explore, small mountains to climb, and wildlife to experience. Because of the climate, we really only ever saw lizards. Rattlesnakes. Tarantulas, and coyotes. Can't say I ever saw a deer in those woods. That's why it seemed like such a desert. This story took place in 2003. Anyway, when I was 13 and my cousin was 14, we decided to see what was beyond a large hill we hadn't yet gone over. So we set off and at the other side of the hill, we found a dirt path that looked like it had been carved through the brush by animals using it as a natural path, but we also saw deep but thin grooves in the dirt that showed the telling signs of a tire. A single tire. We deduced that it was probably a wheelbarrow, but there were no human footprints near it that indicated anyone was pushing it. So what the hell was? Being young and dumb, we followed the tire track and it led us down into what I could only describe as a natural cul-de-sac of rocky cliffs. The only way out was the way we came in, or we had to climb the 60-foot cliffs on all sides of us. Trees grew here, and the ground was muddier, giving us a clearer look at the tire tracks. Still no other human footprints but our own. There were animal prints. Little imprints of claw marks that showed lizards had clearly been here. Coyote paws checkered the mud, and even the broken lines of snake tracks that alternates between thin and wide. The usual fauna we saw had all seen this place. We found the wheelbarrow just at the base of the cliff furthest from where we had come in. But that isn't all we found. We found clothes all over the place. Some clean, some filthy. Some for older people, some for children. Still no human footprints. We also found toys. Nothing mainstream. These were handmade. Carved from wood or chipped from stone. They were pretty detailed figurines. Still, no human tracks. We found shoes, but no shoe prints. No bare feet. We also found a hole in the cliff. It was a near perfect circle that went about 30 feet into the cliff. We always brought flashlights on these trips, so my cousin shined his flashlight into the hole. The rock all around us that made up the cliff was red and orange, but the bottom of the hole was covered with a grey dust, and the back of the hole ended against a wall of rock of the same grey colour. It was the same colour as the figurines we had found, and I went and grabbed one to try and compare just curious to see if it was carved from the same stone. Because whoever would drill 30 feet into a red cliff to get to some boring grey rock in the middle just to carve little toys out of it. Well, they were odd, but dedicated. Then we finally took notice of the size of the hole we were staring into. It was small. Really small. At the age of 13, I was only 5 feet 4 and really thin and there was no way I would ever be able to squeeze into that hole. We contemplated what the hole was for, since clearly nobody strong enough to carve into the wall could fit in there. As we tossed ideas around for a couple minutes, we stopped at the very clear sound of a whimper, followed by the clear clatter of rock on rock, like throwing a small stone at a boulder. From inside the hole, my cousin shined his light back in as fast as he could. Nothing still an empty, dusty hole in a cliff, except for one rock about 15 feet and that we both were pretty sure was not there before. So something had thrown a rock out way from inside the empty hole? I still had one of the figurines in my hand. So I threw it hard toward the back of the hole, and the very instant it met the back wall, we saw an arm and hand shoot out from around a corner we didn't know was there and snatch the figurine and pull it into the unknown the arm was human. Ish. Now, we only saw the arm for a split second, as it grabbed the figurine and withdrew in an instant, but we both noticed a few details that we confirmed to each other. It looked like a small child's arm, but it was multicolored. It was a pale blue along the underside of the forearm and bicep, but the same reddish color of the rock around it everywhere else. And he hands were bigger than should have been on an arm of that size. But the most noticeable was an unnatural bend in the arm that made it look like it had a second elbow. The arm seemed to unfold to snatch the figurine like a scorpion tail stretching to strike. We got the hell out of there, fast. We went back and told my uncle about it, and he decided to come back with us to check it out. The way we described it, he was worried it might be a runaway child or a human trafficking pit stop. When we got there with him, all the clothes we had found were gone. The wheelbarrow was gone. Still no footprints except for ours. The only thing that remained were the figurines of stone and wood. We showed my uncle the hole. He shined a light into it and saw nothing. Although he was curious as to what the hole's purpose was. It wasn't natural.
0: luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style
1: obviously we grabbed one of the figurines and threw it to the back of the hole again nothing no arm to grab it this time my uncle didn't believe us about what we had seen but after looking around the area he found some things we hadn't. There were rock carvings in the cliffs. illegible letters and drawings. The trees had scars that looked like stab marks. Some of the bark on other trees was shredded or beaten to splinters. He called the cops, and we made a final trip back to show them the spot. This time my cousin brought some of his own stuff. A remote control car with a video camera taped to the top. We got back to the place with a couple of officers and they looked around. They too were most curious about the hole. We made another attempt at throwing a figurine into it, but again, nothing happened. As the cops were talking to my uncle, we all heard that same whimper my cousin and I had heard when we were alone. My uncle, the cops, and my cousins and I all heard it coming from the hole. The cops shined their light into it and saw nothing. We threw another figurine. Nothing. So my cousin pulled out his little remote control car with the camera taped to it and put it in the hole and drove it to the end, turned it to look in all directions, and then drove back. We all looked at the footage. In the back of the hole where we had seen the arm shoot out to grab the figurine. There were dozens of similar figurines, all standing and arranged in neat lines and formations. All looking in the same direction but the whole ended there. There was nothing beyond that. Another dead end, or so it seemed. The whimper had no source. We all got out of there, and the cops said they would look into it. The following morning, my cousin and I woke up to find one of the figurines sitting on the dresser of my cousin's room. He gave it to me. I still have it. It still freaks me out. So this is a story comes from a very very close family friend of my grandpa, his name is Neil he's the kind of person that wouldn't lie about something like this and I honestly believe his story. This story was told while I was on a hunting trip with my grandpa, father, a few of my uncles, Neil, and one or two other people. I don't know exactly how the conversation led to talking about strange and unknown things seen in the wild, but here we were. This was a few years ago so forgive me if I've forgotten some details. Neil's story, a few years back, he described it to be about early 90s, myself and one of my friends had gotten permission to go and hunt jack rabbits on another one of my friends property out in a very remote part of Western ID, I can't remember exactly where. But they had come an hour or two from the Weezer area in ID. The property was out in the middle of the desert quite far from any small town or city. We entered on the north side of the property over a cattle guard and through a gate. The property was kinda in a valley and was divided into a very large flatter plain mostly on one half and then on the other was a very large hill that spanned the length of the private land and had an elevation of probably 200 to 300 feet give or take. That night we had been working the flatter part of the land with the spotlight on my truck and flashlights in hand shooting the rabbits. It was a clear night and the moon was probably three-fourths full, so it was relatively easy to see some elements of the property by the moonlight. We started a little after dusk and by this time it was about midnight and were about two-three yards down the length of the property when we heard this, unhuman, blood-curdling scream come from the eastern side where the hill ran. I looked at my friend and we both froze. We were at the truck using the spotlight looking for rabbits when it happened. We were probably 200 to 300 yards from base of the hill so the top of the hill was probably another 100 yards or so from the base to the top. As I started to scan the hillside with my scope the creature had screamed again. I then followed the sound and saw a tall lanky humanoid figure standing with the upper half of its body silhouetted against the sky at the top of the hill. I had fired a shot toward it from my point 22 knowing it wouldn't make it to the creature. But I wanted to try and get it to move up and over the hill so I could get a better look at it. But instead then this thing started to move down the hill toward us. Right after that happened we booked it to the closest side of the property found a gate and shot the lock off and drove away from there as fast as we could. To this day I still don't know what I saw but it scared the shit out of me. So there's Neil's story to the best of my recollection. I would love to hear what y'all think, Skinwalker? Windigo? Lemme know. In high school, my friend and I, both 17 male, will call him Jay frequented trails to go for smoke walks. On this fall afternoon, we went to a familiar trail in a moderately wooded area. One blunt into our walk, and an odd man comes on our path. He startled us. He was middle-aged and plainly dressed, but I think he had some condition. He looked like a stocky Ethan hawk with crazy eyes, and he spoke to us like a child. The childish man was rambling about hide and go seek, frantically asking have you seen two kids? Jay and I were both puzzled. We took obvious note of the creepy man in the woods asking about kids, but we didn't know what to do or say. We ignored him and continued on the trail to spark another. On our way back to the trail access, we see the childish man on the path, yet now with a tall slim man. Jay urged me to get us out of there. Jay was already non-confrontational, and we both felt an eerie tension yet the whole thing was fishy and i didn't want to regret doing nothing if some kids were at risk i asked why the hell is your friend asking about some kids they both give the same weird hide and go seek with two kids the tall man claimed to be the father he was more with it than his childish companion he kept questioning my concern for his kids the tall man was getting angry veering on threatening i had a bad gut feeling but decided to leave this whole weird encounter behind. Yet on our way out of the woods, we see a boy and a girl stand up from a wheat field. They just rose up, like a poem. I observed to see if they needed help, yet they were cheerfully waving at us. I held a thumbs up, and they signaled back. I got in the car with Jay, we got the hell out of there. Was it just a good father and uncle playing innocent games with their two kids? was I being nosy and blowing things out of proportion? To this day, I bear an uneasy guilt anxiety for those kids. I never thought to write about this story. Jay and I still reminisce on it. I'll never forget the moment we first came upon the childish man. Edit, I just want to clarify that this was almost definitely a harmless case, however, at the time it was so fishy that I was positive we were being filmed in a special Woodland episode of What Would You Do?, That said, I was also aware at the time that the first man more than likely had a disability of some kind. His appearance at first was truly startling, and the comportment of the tall man definitely raised my suspicions. Hi everyone. My partner and I just got back from a long camping trip in northern Arizona. Marble Canyon, Vermilion Cliffs, and finally in the Kaibab National Forest, where this encounter took place. We were driving off-roading all day on the forest roads deep in the forest, near the north rim of the Grand Canyon. We were hunting hard for the perfect camping spot, and it was starting to get dark and my partner was getting frustrated. So, we told ourselves, we'll go to the end of the next trail and camp there. Unfortunately, where that trail ended was at an expansive burn scar, forest that was completely wiped out by fire last summer. Very few living trees remained standing. It was spooky, but we decided to make the best of the situation. After getting camp set up and eating dinner, we were just hanging out by the fire. We started hearing some snapping branches in the woods and light up our flashlights. We see nothing. I grab my shotgun just in case. At this point, we're trying to be as quiet as possible. Listening very intently to the woods. It was a clear night, but no moon. It was very dark beyond the reaches of the firelight. Then we hear what sounds like a whisper of a woman. we try so hard to make out the words, but it sounded foreign. Like another language. It shortly thereafter grows to a crying sound. Then turns to wailing. Like someone in incredible pain. We were absolutely terrified at this point. The sound eventually stops and we started to feel very unwelcome and very cold. We knew immediately this was a very strange paranormal experience, but not sure if this like a skinwalker or maybe just a ghost. What do you think? Me and my friend were bone hunting, I live in a very rural place in the Pacific Northwest. We went about a mile off a trail and were pretty deep in the woods miles from anyone. We were coming down from this hill next to a stream and started getting into some thick brush and trees, that's when we heard this deep growl, we both stopped, I was a few yards away from him and was closer to the noise, he asked me if I heard it too, we both stood still, although I couldn't see him well. I knew we were both looking in the direction of the sound. We didn't see any movement or heard it again. It was very creepy and we have no idea what it was. I don't know what would be creepier, if it was an animal or something paranormal. So, I'm going to start this off with some backstory. I was minding my own business alongside my parents in a nice home in Northeast Alabama. I'm not sure exactly when this was, but I was around seven in age. Anyways. We're sleeping peacefully, and suddenly we are all three awoken by this absolutely terrible growling sound, almost like that of a bear. This wasn't just a normal sound though, it sounded like it was on our front porch. My dad assumes that a black bear has decided to chill on our porch, and he grabs his shotgun, prepared to defend himself if necessary. He holds me and my mother up, and goes outside ready to confront this bear. To his surprise, No bear was outside. He assumes it ran off, and tells us we can just go to sleep again since all is fine. He assured us that bears can't unlock doors, like that helped any. Right before we begin falling asleep again, we hear a very distant giggling. This doesn't give off the vibe of a normal giggle though, it gives off that oh hell no tone that makes you just want to get out of dodge. My mother whispers to my dad, what the hell was that? And my dad whispers over to me was that you? I simply reply no. Another few moments pass, and we hear a slight yelp, seemingly closer, but also quieter. We don't think anything of it. At least that's until we hear a woman scream distantly. This once again gets my dad and mother up and alert. My dad once again grabs his shotgun, but this time he doesn't go outside, he even seems scared now. Obviously this worries me, After about 30 seconds of us kinda just sitting around, another scream happens, but this time it's directly in our yard, about 10 yards away. My dad rushes to turn off the lights and simply whispers don't say a word. I'm not sure what exactly happened after that, but nothing else seemingly happened that night. I'd assume I dozed off? I'm not sure why this only just now clicked with me, but I now realize this fits the description of a skinwalker really well. It's possible it might have all been a misunderstanding by my family, but I simply don't think that it'd be the case considering my parents recall the same things. I have recently done a lot of research into skinwalkers, and I've rethought this past trauma of mine and made a connection. Sorry for this being drawn out, but I just randomly decided to post this before I forgot any important notes on the event, even though I doubt I'd likely ever forget any of this. Extra note. I'm sure somebody would ask this, so I'm gonna go ahead and answer it. I didn't have nightmares and stuff before the event, other than the usual child nightmare stuff, but I did have a few eerie nightmares directly following the event. One dream, I dreamed of being chased down a hallway by some creature. Not sure if it was human or what. Another dream I had, my entire family's voices had gone demonically deep, and they all kept saying don't hide. And the last one I'll point out is a dream where my mother disappeared out of nowhere. Like thin air, out of the car. All of these I vividly remember and still creep me out to this day. I am posting this for my boyfriend who doesn't have a Reddit. Last weekend, he went up on a two-mile hike into a small creek to fish in North Carolina. On his way up the mountain, He kept thinking that he saw things in his peripheral vision, looking backwards to see shadowy dark crags and rocks or a shadow falling along the tree bark. The mountain air was crisp and refreshing, at an altitude of over 2,000 feet, yet whenever he felt this weird presence, he described smelling something like a propane tank up to his nostrils, sulfur and damp stickiness. There was no explanation or reason to smell that in this place, He had visited many times before and never smelled this in the area. The whole way up, the unsettling feeling of being watched maintained and he just kept chanting God is with me I will fear no evil. He swore to me that he felt like something was following him all the way up, maybe too scared to get close, and that he now thought he knew what a demon smelled like. He made it to his fishing spot and returning down the mountain again saw the unmistakable shadowy movement out of the corner of his eye blend back into the trees behind him. Has anyone ever been alone in the woods and smelt that same smell or felt any kind of presence like this? I know that there is a lot of folklore around the Appalachian Mountains about haints and things of that sort. I think he wants to figure out what it means and know if he's alone in this experience. The place was called Panther Town Creek. I travel often for work, and I was driving through New Mexico on I-40. I drive about 40 to 50,000 miles a year and I have never seen anything paranormal. I have driven this route, but not for about 4 years. I'm driving west on I-40 and out of the blue I spotted a blur moving down the hill mountain at a ridiculously fast speed. In a span of about 5 seconds my brain did its best to make sense of what I was seeing. Coyote was the first thing that came to mind the way it was moving looked like a canine. The next thing I realized was that this thing was huge. Maybe the size of a horse. I've often seen horses run down the fence lines on hills and that was my next thought. But the shape was wrong. The speed was also way off. This creature was flying down the side of this mountain. The whole time I'm really not feeling anything but confusion and nothing is really registering as off just because it's happening so fast. I have a thought that we are going to meet at a point about two to three hundred yards down the road. So I think to myself when I drive by I'll get a closer look. When I passed where we should have met. There was nothing. No fence no houses nothing to explain a horse. There was no sign of the animal. Like it just ran through a portal or something. There were no shrubs trees or anything that could have hidden the animal. At this point I got a very eerie sense of dread like I had to get away. I pulled into a gas station about 30 minutes down the road. This is what really creeped me out. I felt like I couldn't trust anyone. I had this uncomfortable feeling of mistrust and suspicion. I felt like everyone I came across knew what I saw. Normal everyday people. It's like I felt I was going to run into someone or something dangerous. I drove on through Gallup and up to Shiprock and into Cortez. I can't shake the feeling of fear and couldn't bring myself to shower late at night in a strange hotel. I've never been one to believe in paranormal stories, but I just can't explain to myself what this was. I keep thinking about it and I just can't logically explain it. Horse-sized wolf canine Darry gray hair with white belly. Fast. Extremely fast. Has anyone ever seen anything similar in the area? I'm from Texas never been around reservations or Native America much. I'm just very confused and would like to hear about anything similar. This occurred around 1999, 2000. My best friend and I were avid outdoor adventurers and amateur pot growers. We would frequently find secluded places in the woods that allowed for ample light and shade for plants to grow and that would not allow them to be easily found. One particular day we went to an annex of trails located near NJ State Park trail system. The trails weren't in the park, but I had hiked them before and knew they weren't that frequented. We had gone out that day with our seeds partially sprouted in moist paper towels. We parked the car at the trailhead and started hiking in. We covered a mile or so and then ventured off the trial and into the woods. We found a clearing, planted the seeds, and tied a few barely visible ribbons off to mark the way to the plant spot to check them in the future. My friend and I got back on the trail and started walking back to to the car, when my friend noticed a man in the other direction just staring at us. He was probably in his thirties or forties, bald head, normal clothes. We didn't think anything of it for the most part, but we definitely kept looking back as anyone would when someone is behind them in the woods. We saw that he was walking 60 plus or so feet behind us. It seemed weird, but it was probably more so due to us having anxiety that we planted seeds. We picked up the pace, but the man also seemed to pick up the pace as we weren't gaining any distance. At one point we decided to just get off the trail and let him pass. We turned off the trail and walked into a thicket of sticker bushes, which I remember vividly getting shredded on. We got deeper into the woods and heard cursing. When we turned around the man was coming through where we entered. It was at that moment we actually became scared. Mind you were two young strong 19 year olds, but a man following you into the woods is damn creepy. We made kind of a you maneuver to outflank him and came out of the woods a bit further down trail. Once on the trail we ran. As we were running, there was a fork in the trail and my friend went right and I left. I realized my mistake, as my buddy was going down the correct path and I wasn't, so I turned around and started running back towards the fork to follow my friend. As I was running towards the direction we came from to get to the fork I could see the man running towards me down the trail. He was a distance away, but not far enough in my eyes. Survival mode kicked in and I ran as hard as I could. I caught up to my friend who was waking at that point. I screamed he's after us and we both booked it to all the way to the car. We got in the car shaking and out of breath. We backed up and started to get out of the parking lot when the man appeared at the trailhead. He stopped there and just stared at us as we drove away. I always wonder what that was all about. Did he want to kill a couple of 19-year-olds? Was he also doing something illegal in those woods and wanted us gone? My buddy and I still laugh and talk about that day 22 years ago. When I was 12 I spent an entire summer in my grandparents' village. The village is small and we all know each other but it's quite rural and surrounded by hills and woods. At that time my occupation was collecting herbs and all kind of insects so I went on a little adventure with my dog. I packed water, snacks and went into the woods. I had a great time for quite a few hours. I found so many interesting bugs and plants but suddenly I heard some commotion. It felt strange but being a dumb and naive kid I thought nothing of it and kept going but my dog, Caucasian Shepherd, started growling and barking. At first I thought that she barked at some animal but there was nothing there, I called her a couple of times but she just kept growling and that's when I saw a man standing between two trees. That man wasn't from the village and he looked so strange, he was skinny, he had something red, I assume blood, on his shirt. His eyes were open wide and he just stared at me. I froze in fear, couldn't move or run, I just stood there unable to do anything, my dog still barking and growling. Everything changed when man smiled, I never felt that uneasiness ever in my life, his teeth were rotten, some of them missing. It was so scary seeing him smiling. It wasn't a ghost or vampire but still he looked hella creepy. I called my dog, she whined and suddenly we were running, trying to get the hell away from that woods and that man. When we came home I couldn't stop shaking and after that I never went out there again. This was a really long time ago but I always feel uneasy and scared when or I remember this. I'm so glad I found this subreddit because I love remembering this story. It's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Also, I'm not great with words or typing things out, so sorry about that. This was in 9th grade. There was this huge state park right outside of the town I lived in. My friend and I would go down the trails every now and then. We had been walking for maybe 10 minutes when we realized there was an older woman not far behind us. I only really noticed because of how out of place she looked. Like she came straight out of an old folks home and was just dropped in the woods. We were joking around about how creepy she was and sped up to put some distance between us, but every time we did, we'd look back and still be able to spot her. We did that probably three times. We still thought it was funny, though. We ended up running down the trail until we got to a small bridge. We hopped off the bridge into a creek and then went around a bend. We could still see the bridge from where we were. We were cracking up about the whole thing when we saw the old lady again. We had run for a good couple of minutes. Like she shouldn't have caught up that fast. And it was like she knew we got off the trail because she was just standing on the bridge looking around. I think that's when we stopped thinking it was funny. As soon as she left, we took off running the other way. That was it, though. Nothing happened. I just always thought the whole thing was creepy. Back when the little grocery store in Milford had a cafe, someone that worked up front mentioned the cemetery to me and asked if I had ever visited it. I said no and he told me that when I had time, I should check out the interesting names and monuments grave markers. Well, a couple years passed after that gentleman mentioned the Milford Cemetery and I happened to be in that area, so I decided to stop. Not long before arriving, I filled my gas tank up on my truck. When I arrived at the cemetery, I found a spot to park where my truck wouldn't block other vehicles. While I was walking around, I was very careful and respectful. I couldn't help but feel a sort of hostility in the air. At first, I thought it was just me, but the longer I stayed, the more I felt odd and uncomfortable. I did pray while walking around. I'm not sure exactly how long I stayed, but it was at least an hour. Finally, I decided that I had seen enough and wanted to leave. When I got inside my truck and inserted the key into the ignition and turned the key to start, my fuel gauge showed that I had less than half a tank of gas. The truck was on flat level ground. I took the key out and looked under my truck to see if there was any gas leaking and I could neither smell or see any. So, I got back inside the truck and started the truck. Once again, the gauge still showed less than half a tank. I went ahead and drove away. The further I got down Highway 77 the higher the gauge registered. After about 5 miles, my gauge showed full again. That gauge has never acted up prior to or after visiting that cemetery. Of course, I have never gone back there, but don't have a reason to. Just the other night I came home to find one of my mounts had fallen from the wall. Later that night my IR sensor came unglued from the same wall and fell off. At the time this happened no one was home and the AC heat was off. I built the house new, and moved in about 5 months ago. The mount was one of the first thing I hung on the wall. It hangs on a half dry wall screw which was still solid in the wood plank wall backed by 3 quarters plywood about 12 feet from the floor on an interior wall. The bracket on back of the mount was also good. A little creepy. We got to where the first thing we do when we get home is to see if the mount is still on the wall. Not sure if I believe in ghost, but I have several stories that make me believe there is something going on in the background. I have on several occasions had weird unexplained experiences in several different places. After a while makes you start questioning yourself. I'm mainly looking for help identifying what creature my cousin may have come in contact with in the following story. I've grown up with stories about skinwalkers, but we both live on the east coast and the connection seems unlikely. Please comment and share your thoughts. What did my cousin, who we will call Alan, see? The story is as follows, Alan was returning home late at night after visiting his girlfriend at her home. Alan lives down a long stretch of road that, while in a growingly suburban area, is still well forested. His house is at the end of the road across from a pasture that includes a horse and one hog. As Alan was driving towards his house, he became aware of a large, white mist that was floating in the air over the pasture area. Alan stopped his vehicle and watched as the mist, seemingly now aware of his presence, began to hover and then abruptly dart down toward the earth. Alan was baffled at what he saw and then the situation escalated when he realized that on the ground, directly where the mist darted and disappeared, now sat a rabbit. Alan said it was as if the mist entered the rabbit. A couple of things to mention, 1. It was late at night, not during the dawn-dusk hours, when rabbits are usually out eating and hopping around. 2. The house Alan lives in is notoriously haunted but nothing like has occurred before or since. What are your thoughts? Apparently after seeing the rabbit, Alan floored it into the driveway and went in for the night. Was this some kind of SW? Or other shapeshifter? So this was kinda cool. I've been pretty bummed the last couple days. I picked up an old PSE for $40 to learn with and sneak my way into bow hunting. Been trying to get it set up just right and noticed several cracks in the lower limb. Heartbreaking since it won't be until about this time next year that I might be able to buy a real bow to learn with and hunt with. I had my hopes up about trying my hand at bow hunting and ditching my boomstick, so yay, I was pretty bummed. I'll admit. I've been moping around a bit since I found those cracks, so last night I woke up at 0214 to some unknown sound. Dog was on the foot of the bed, I could see the cat on the windowsill. Quietly grabbed my pistol and flashlight, kept it bedside of course, and held my breath waiting for another sound. Tink tink tink. It came from the kitchen. Quietly get out of bed and put my low light building clearing tactics to work. Get to the kitchen not knowing what to expect but fully expecting to see something out of the norm. But nothing. I slowly and quietly cleared the rest of the house but didn't find anything. I went outside and walked around the house, dang was it cold out there, but did not see any sign of trouble. I went back inside and checked the house one more time before going back to bed. I got back up at 4 to get ready for work. Before I left I went to grab my lunch out of the fridge and noticed the magnets on the door form the shape of an A with the pictures they were holding up laying on the floor. It wasn't like that a few hours earlier. Guess she's still looking out for me, that made me smile. Still bummed about not being able to practice with a bow, but not nearly as gloomy. Dorothy Martin, who had been communicating with aliens by automatic writing, was visited by two men, one an ordinary human being, the other very strange. The former did all of the talking. He said, I am of this planet, but he is not. For half an hour he told her that she should not publicize her information, as the time is not right now. Later, she was visited by five young men, who told her that what I said was all false and mixed up. And they told me that they were in contact with outer space too and all the writings I had were wrong.